and welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast, a podcast for copywriters all about copywriting. And although Belinda and I love being copywriters, we know it's not all unicorns and rainbows. There are ups and downs and highs and woes. And while we can create a template for a copy deck, it's not so easy to come up with a cheat sheet for happiness. So what do you do when you've lost your creative mojo or when you're feeling hopeless about your copywriting career? How do you handle the dark day and get yourself back on track? Today, we're talking with my good friend, Sharon Chisholm, all about staying happy and motivated as a copywriter. So if you feel like you've lost your mojo down the back of the sofa cushions, this is the episode for you. Hello, my name's Kate Toon, and I'm a copywriter, the founder of the Clever Copywriting School and the Recipe for SEO Success online learning hub. And with me is my co-host in sunny San Francisco, Belinda Weaver. Hello there. Yes, my name is Belinda Weaver. I am also a copywriter. My business is Copyright Matters, and I created the Copywriting Masterclass course. And today we're talking to Sharon Chisholm. Hello, Sharon. Hey. Hello. Hello there. I'm going to read out your bio now, so get ready. Okay. It's always quite mortifying when someone reads out your bio. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little bit awkward as well, you know, for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Let's just all just suck it up. We're going to do this, okay? Okay. Get through it. Uh, Sharon is an award-winning coach, mental health advocate, writer and speaker living on the East Coast of Australia. She works with entrepreneurs and small businesses owners helping them with a variety of challenges from low confidence and self-esteem through to mind health issues such as anxiety and depression. Sharon writes for a number of publications and regularly speaks about her own lived experience with mental illness, as well as hosting her own podcast called the Mental as Anything podcast. She also facilitates workshops on mental health in the workplace, advises government bodies on how they can better support the small business owner living with mind health issues. And... She is the co-host of my Facebook group, The Misfit Entrepreneurs. Um, so that's you, Sharon. Wow. That's an impressive bio. Uh, it makes me sound quite intelligent, doesn't it? Oh, it really <laughs> does. And, um, little do they know. Little do they know. Um, but Sharon and I have um, been chums for, uh, for quite a long time, Um she, I think you, you, I think you stalked me a bit at first, didn't you? I did stalk you. Yes, I, I, I wore you down until you were my friend. I did. So that's just a good tip there that stalking <laughs> does work. Uh, just keep on going. Um, but no, um, I now count Sharon as one of my good buddies, and I couldn't think of anyone better uh, to talk to the topic of uh, mojo and just general. You know how to keep yourself peppy when you're a copywriter. In fact, Sharon is actually speaking on this very topic at the copywriter conference. I'm sorry, Belinda. I'm doing a plug. Forgive me. Um, the copywriter conference, which is in May. Uh, when is it? I don't even know. It's May 2018. Um, 2018 in Sydney, which is in Australia. So. <laughs> Come along. Tickets on sale now. I know. Yeah, I, I, very smooth. You can see I scripted that well. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's get started, and let's get. We're going to get a bit more serious now. Um, so, okay. uh, Sharon, why do you think it is that some copywriters, and I guess all freelancers to a degree, lose their mojo and become a bit flat? I think there's a whole host of reasons. Um, certainly, a big one is that. 
you know, most of us or certainly a lot of us tend to work from home. And it's very easy to become isolated when you're sitting at your desk for 8, 10, 12 hours a day, um, you know, really only interacting online um, and often kind of in our own headspace doing the work that we need to do. It's really easy to feel isolated um, and not actually connect with people in real life or even have a conversation, uh, you know, via Skype or the telephone like we're doing now. Uh, I think also, you know, there's that whole comparisonitis thing where we're looking at what everyone else is doing. And apparently they're all earning six figures working by their poolside, uh, you know, working four hours a week and, and being highly successful, which, you know, we know is is uh, absolute rubbish. Uh, and it's e easy also to feel overwhelmed, particularly if you are solely responsible for your business, for the accounting and the advertising and everything. It's really easy to just feel completely overwhelmed by your responsibilities. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it, it, it's no denying that although many of us have become copywriters thinking that it would be a dream career, that it is stressful. Um, and often, you know, the writing itself, producing words can be challenging you know writer's block is a struggle but often I've found that it's not really the writing that makes me feel flat or gets me stressed out it's everything else it's dealing with clients it's the finances it's social media it's keeping up with the Joneses it's networking it's mm. all that stuff not the writing mm. what about you Bill what, what, what makes you um I I think it's the switch because when you become a freelancer you have this label entrepreneur in your mind um and I think what many of us do is we just create ourselves another job that's a really hard job because we're working for ourselves so I personally worked harder I work harder for myself than I have ever worked in any other job and yeah. it's and it's relentless and in those first couple of years we just say yes to everything so we're working super hard and we think we should be some sort of entrepreneur as you said Sharon like working by the pool and having the time of our lives being super successful <laughs> when in actual fact we're working really really hard at a job for ourselves and it just as you said it like it can just make you a bit flat because it's yeah. relentless <laughs> yeah no definitely I agree yeah I, I and I think as well, um, it's something that's not talked about often enough. Like everyone is always showing their, their positive side. So, you know, I think it's an important issue to be talking about and hence we're on the podcast because everyone gets flat. Yeah, that's right. So let's, what are the warning signs, Sharon, that you would say that people might recognise when they're heading into this kind of funk? I think, you know, there's any number of, of signs and I think it's really important that, we are honest with ourselves about how we're feeling. You know, whenever I've been depressed before, I've always thought, right, you know, if this ever happens again, I'm going to see it coming um, and I'll be able to recognise it beforehand. And I've ignored the signs just thinking oh, I'm having a bad day and then all of a sudden I found myself there again. I think when we wake up and we're not feeling excited about what we're doing or even worse, we're feeling generally miserable about what we're doing. Um, if we stop wanting to communicate with people, I think that's a big a big sign if we're isolating ourselves and also if we're just feeling completely exhausted and all we want to do is sleep I think that's that's a big lookout yeah I would actually all you throw have to in do is sleep Belinda <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's all I ever want to do anyway um, I would throw in like all those things from a personal point of view and I'm gonna get a bit vulnerable here is drinking if I start drinking booze 
more than a healthy amount, then mm-hmm. I know that I'm trading some p- paths where I'm working too much and I'm not taking enough time for myself. Like my, I know my self-care is going down. Yeah. If my alcohol consumption is going up. Yeah, I, I noticed that as well. That's that's a, a big sign for me. I get very, um, I get quite angry as well. Like I find myself sort of shouting at the computer and shouting at the dog next door that's barking. Doesn't do any good, but it makes me feel good. Um, <laughs> And yeah, mm. you know, that, that one glass of wine suddenly turns to two and that, you know, once or twice a week suddenly becomes a bit more regular. That's definitely a sign for me that I'm getting super stressed out. And as you said, uh, Sharon, just sort of even, I mean, I'm pretty tired of people. I'm getting a bit vulnerable myself here. It's been a big year for me and I've done a lot and it's coming towards the end of the year. And I, yesterday I tried to write a blog post and it took me... It took me hours. Like it just wasn't coming. I didn't feel inspired. I didn't want to do it, but I was on deadline for a publication, and I had to get it done. And it was like it was painful, you know. And that to me is also a sign that I'm I'm just a bit done in and a bit tired, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Does that do you do do you have those feelings yourself, Sharon? I mean, obviously you're an entrepreneur as well. Do you do you notice some days where you just think I can't be bothered? Oh, no, I'm always at the top of my game, of course. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I would say sometimes it's, you know, more days than not. Um, it, you know, it, it's just really a matter of trying to focus on what I really have to do, but allowing myself some some care in there as well. And, and it's easy to feel overwhelmed, as we've already said. And I think, you know, in our heads, we have this massive to-do list, which includes every single thing we can possibly think of that we might need to do or want to do. So, you know, ever. when yeah, yeah forever. Um, and I think it's really important to perhaps get it out of our heads and onto a piece of paper and then cross off all the things that really aren't that important. Um, you know, sending a new email list or something might be something that, that could wait a little while until you're feeling more on top of things and just focusing on one thing at a time. You know, we all talk about multitasking and, and I just think that's so ridiculous because it means we don't do anything effectively and then we're just trying to juggle all the balls at the same time and, and you know, you've only got two hands. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, there have been times where I've been super demotivated and, you know, the, your ways of handling it are, are exactly mine. So I really pare it down to the... Um, the bare minimum what do I have to do today what is absolutely essential um and also being as a copywriter being okay about sometimes pushing back on your clients and pushing back in a meaty way so I used to make the mistake of going I don't feel like I feel down today I don't want to work today I'm just going to tell my clients that I'll deliver that thing tomorrow but then the next day you've got the extra pressure and there's more to do so what I learned to do over the years was say you know give myself a good few days you know rather than just move the pressure and the stress 24 hours go back to the client and say hey you know um, I'm working on your copy it's just not coming out the way I wanted to right now is it possible for me to have another two or three days to work on this before I send it back to you so you know not mentioning necessarily that I feel down or or a bit flat but just saying I can't I'm not a machine I can't pump out creativity by on the press of a button and if I try to it's not going to be great so can I have a couple of extra days you know yeah what do you do, Bill, to handle your demotivated days? Um, 
I have always tried to give myself a lot of time in my writing schedule. Like I, I never take on urgent work because I just can't turn things around that quickly. Um, so I always have always allowed myself some wiggle room to, um, yeah, give myself a bit of a safety net. Um, for me, it's things like um, thinking about what I have done and how, how far I've come, which, you know, might be a bit of a big picture thing. But sometimes, you know, when you're in those flat moments, you think, oh, I'm terrible at this and I'm failing and I maybe I'm not. And you have to go, hang on, well, just stop, just stop. And I would remind myself that um, I'm actually doing quite a lot and I'm actually doing quite well. Um, and then I might take a walk, get some fresh air. I'm a big believer in the power of fresh air. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I've always, uh, well, processes, we're always in, we're talking about processes all the time. And I always think I have to, uh, I have I have a writing process that helps me get through the feelings of just not wanting to do it. Because sometimes you've got to be able to write through that. And I'm not talking about feelings of being sad, um, you know, or anything like that. But just that kind of, oh God, I just don't feel like doing this. I try to have little idea generating processes or writing processes that can just kind of get me started. And sometimes I find that's enough. Um, But, oh, hello. Um, But speaking of something a little more serious than just kind of not wanting to do stuff, how, Sharon, can you give us some tips on, on rebooting your mojo? Because I know... When you don't feel like doing stuff, it can quickly deteriorate into, um, you know, a day after day exercise. And for me, that sometimes came about when I was just generally burned out. So when you're, you know, a few steps beyond that, how can we reboot our mojo and get excited about what we're doing again? Well, look, I think you said something really important, Belinda, and that is that getting out of the house, getting into nature, whether it be your garden or a walk or a park or, you know, a hike, whatever floats your boat, I think that that certainly I know that for me, that is my kind of number one go to thing. Um, Get some fresh air, you know listen to the birds, watch nature. I think that's a really great way to kind of get some calm back in your head. Um, connect with other people. You know, as, as I said earlier, it's really easy to isolate ourselves when we're feeling a bit down. So, you know, make yourself get in contact with a friend or a family member or somebody who makes you feel good. Even if, you know, if you don't feel... Um, good enough to go out even if you just have a chat over the phone or you know on messenger or whatever just talk to somebody who can kind of get where you are um and rest rest and sleep are so so important um you know if we're not sleeping well or if we're not sleeping enough which perhaps we're prone to do when we're running our own business that that can affect every single area of our business yeah, I think that you've said two really important things that I absolutely was nodding furiously is taking time to rest, which, you know, rest might be a hobby, doing just something different than writing. I find, I find that when I'm burned out, I need to have, it just reminds me that I need to do something else apart from work and also connect. So I find, yeah, stepping away from work and connecting with people around me can really just remind me that there's other things that happen in life apart from my desk and my keyboard what about you Kate yeah I think I think the same I'm I'm less of a a a connector I don't I don't sort of get huge amounts of 
mojo from other people. I think it often comes from within with me. So, you know, I think I, I like skiving off and going to see a movie in the middle of the day. That reminds me that I'm a freelancer and I can do what the heck I want. Um, nice. Or just heading to bed with my laptop and watching some Netflix or, you know, going to a bookshop or, you know, just pottering around the shops, looking at things and putting them down again. That kind of, <laughs> you know, or having a little coffee in a cafe on my own. That that always just, just taking a step away. I think it's very easy to get caught up in the bubble of this is all so important. And then you step mm. away for a bit. Mm. But it wasn't important at all. What am I thinking? Um, but... Um, I think, you know, often freelancers are painted as having, you know, a really easy, happy life. You know, we've escaped the rat race. We don't have to commute. We don't have to, you know, work for the man. And, you know, sometimes I think that puts pressure on us to be upbeat. I certainly know that some of my friends are like, oh, it must be lovely to work from home and you can do what you want. You know, are you working today or are you just, you know, doing this? And, you know, they ring you at any time of the day and, I think that there's this kind of semi-pressure for us to be happy because we're freelancers. Do you agree, Sharon? Mm. Oh, definitely. You know, if you look at many business Instagram posts, it's full of, you know, happy, smiley selfies and, um, you know, all about the success that people are having. And I think that I think we are moving towards more authenticity in our conversations, which, you know, is a really, really positive step. Um, but, you, you know, you simply can't, um, you can't be successful if you aren't honest about what's going on for you. Um, and, and I think that, um, you know, we compare ourselves to others. And of course, you know, as Kate and I have already discussed a number of times when we're doing that, it, it really makes us or can make us feel really inferior. So I think I think there's so much pressure on us to seem like we've got all our stuff together. Yeah, it's something you said um, a little earlier, Sharon, about Facebook. We, we all PR our lives um, mm. and we we feel like we have to live up to the image that we present. So, you know, it was like, oh, well, I can't post something a bit whingy because I, I don't normally do that. So, pe- And then people go, oh, you seem so on top of things all the time. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I think there's a, is it Brienne um, Brown who talks about sharing Brene vulnerability? Brown. Brene Brown, yeah, she talks about sharing your vulnerability, which is a nice way to, I think, to have some balance to not PR your life. I think think a lot, you know, a lot of stress and mojo comes from that comparisonitis, but I think there are other types of stresses on us too, you know, difficult clients, which is something we've talked about before in this program, clients who are stressing us out, who are putting our buttons, you know, shifting our boundaries, and that could be a real issue as well. Do you have any... I'm throwing this question at you, Sharon. It wasn't in our list, but, you know, if you're dealing with a a stressful client who you are not enjoying working with um, and that is bringing you down, what's your advice around dealing with that, dealing with difficult people? Oh, chuck them away. (laughs) Uh, No, in in all seriousness. Look, you know, in an ideal world, we wouldn't have any horrible clients. We would love dealing with everybody. Um, And if you're in a position where you don't absolutely need that client and you find that every interaction with them, you come away feeling worse, um, then absolutely, you know, I, I think there's a line it's really important that we have boundaries in terms of, <clears throat> excuse me, the people that we work with. Um, 
But if it's somebody that you really depend on for your business, then perhaps just making sure that, you know, after an interaction with them, you go and do something nice for yourself for 10 minutes and just kind of take time out and and go and do something happy. Speaking of happiness, actually, I think that's what we should dig in. We've talked about kind of low moments a little bit, and I think that's important. But how how do you define being happy? Oh, look, it, it's such a personal question. Um, I think really it's about knowing what is important to you personally, knowing your why uh, for life. And <clears throat> I think you know, it's it might be family, it might be your business, it might be charity or, you know, doing something for other people. I think it's whatever brings you laughter and joy and love and connection with people. Mm, what about you, Kate? What makes me, how do yeah. I find happy? Oh, gosh, yeah. that's a tough one, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know if I can, I can answer that. Um, I think, I, you know, I know I'm happy... No, I was going to say, I know I'm happy when I'm laughing, but that's not always true because I'm quite a sardonic laugher. Um, I don't know. I can't answer that question. I'm sorry. I should have prepared an answer. I think one thing that people get a bit confused about, now I'm no expert on this, but I try personally try and differentiate the between joy and happiness mm. because I think happiness is more about being content than being joyful. So what I try and do when I'm working on my my own sense of happiness is appreciating what I have and being mindful of the moments that I'm having during the day to increase my feelings of contentment. contentment. And I feel like that brings the uh, even bar of happiness a lot higher in my life. And then from there, I can still be joyful and I can still be sad and angry and all those kind of things. I have a toddler. I talk about emotions a lot. <laughs> Are you feeling frustrated? But, you know, like I feel when um, when you're um, you're got an even keel of happiness, that's contentment. And from there, you can have all these other emotions and still be generally happy. Is it, Would you yeah. agree, Sharon? Yeah, absolutely. Very much well, so. Well, I think the next question we were going to ask is, is being happy important? I'm not, I'm not sure that that's – I'm not sure why we are, we're going to ask that question because clearly it's good to be, feel good about yourself and be content and have joy. I mean, yeah. Do we, think, do we need to answer that question or what do you think? So, look, I think, I think we focus too much on happy as the journey. I think happy is um, – happy is – uh the destination really and it's all the things along the journey that lead us to that place i think being at peace with who we are i think is you know a prime factor in how we're feeling about our lives i think living authentically and speaking our truth and you know not feeling that we have to be something better than than who we are in any moment i think self care and self compassion I think also knowing our values, knowing what is truly important to us in our lives, because if we don't know what they are, we can often find ourselves in conflict with, you know, with our emotions because we're doing something that is outside of our value system. Uh, and I think, you know, as, as you just said, Belinda, being grateful for what we have, I think, is really important. So I think, yeah, I think we focus too much on that word, happy, it's about all of mm. the things that bring us joy and bring us peace and uh, that are the why of our day-to-day living. And Kate, you talk about um, 
getting back your mojo, we were talking about that before, and in the context of happy, how do you work on your happy if you're feeling in a funk? If I'm feeling on a funk, I, I think it's often, you know, distraction and, you know, tiny things like trying to find the pleasure in, in small things like a nice hot bath or looking forward to something tasty and wholesome for tea or a great movie watching or just playing with something getting absorbed in something with my son I find is a very great way to distract me as well and um yeah I think that's how I find my happy I must admit that I'm not somebody who sits around thinking about whether they're happy or not um I kind of just kind of get on with it and sometimes I'm happy and sometimes I'm not it's not it's not a criteria for my day that might sound ridiculous but you know it's not something I think about that much I kind of just crack on a lot of the time um I have a, a very clear sense of, of duty and persistence. And if I say I'm going to do something, I really do like to try and do it, whether I'm happy about it or not. So, yeah, I don't know if that answers the question. We're getting a bit deep here, aren't we? <laughs> I think this is really important stuff because I think, you know, as a as freelance copywriters, like we started off, Sharon, you were talking about being, we're alone a lot. Mm. Um, we're all working really hard and we all burn out. That's just what we do because we're writing and being creative and all, we're working with people all the time and we just lose energy for and um and interest in what we're doing and so I think it's important to take a step back and go well from my own point of view I like to take the step back and say okay well how can I change my behavior so that I'm generally feeling more content more of the time mm. and I, I started working on mindfulness a lot and started meditating so that I could take charge of how I was feeling 90% of the time because I don't like to think about it. Um, but so if I can just um, do little activities that keep me feeling content um, most of the time, I feel that helps me weather the stress of life <laughs> and, and work. That makes sense. I think, I think you know, thinking about it now, I, I've, I've done a lot this year about setting boundaries um, because I think things that stress me out and make me feel deflated and lose my mojo often involve when I've stretched myself or done something that I didn't really want to do or interacted with someone in a way that I didn't really want to um, or I feel like I've been taken advantage of or anything like that. So I've worked really hard on my boundaries and I recommend this to any copywriters listening. You know, often the things that stress us out are things involved with our clients um, but we are in control. We can decide how we want to work, who we want to work with. Mm. Yes, of course, we need to pay the mortgage, but we don't need to work with people who are making us unhappy. Um, it's just not worth it. Uh, and also, you can often turn a bad client into a good client by setting some boundaries and just refusing to interact with them the way that they are interacting with you. So that I've worked a, a lot on, on that in terms of my business life, you know, setting boundaries, you know, limit, and that's in terms of time working as well. So not working all hours, giving myself breaks, uh, limiting what I try and achieve each day, uh, you know, not stretching myself too far. I think those all apply to more my business life, but I think they're all relevant to what we're talking about. Anyway, yeah, absolutely. You've both gone silent. Maybe I'm waffling on. No, <laughs> no, no, absolutely. No. I think this is um, I think it's really interesting. Um, and so what about you, Sharon, in your day-to-day? You talked about kind of pairing back to the things that you have to do, not every single thing you have, you know, you want to do all the time. What other techniques do you use to work on your happiness? Uh, I make a plan. Personally. For, uh, yeah, no, I make a plan for things I'm going to do for myself. 
So, you know, as, as Kate says, that might be watching an episode or 10 of something on Netflix. Not that I'd ever watch 10 episodes in a row, of course. Um, <laughs> you know, think about perhaps doing something for somebody else. You know, we we talk about being of service to people. And I think there is an awful lot in terms of creating um, happiness for ourselves in doing things for other people. Again, I, you know, I've been kind of trying to do some mindfulness and, you know, I think I was focused too much on the, you, you have to only think about your breathing and then I find my brain going off in 400 different directions and, um, you know, I, I try to kind of let the thought come in and let the thought go out and, but suddenly I'm down the rabbit hole of, of thinking. So it's really just kind of taking it hour by hour and, and, um, thinking again thinking about the why of what I'm doing awesome so we're coming to the end of this episode I just wondered if you know people are wanting to take a next step or you know really dig deeper into the topic of happiness and and wellness and all that kind of stuff do you have any books or podcasts or resources that you recommend look anything by Brene Brown she is completely my girl crush I recommend all of her TED talks um Bill, you talked about the one on vulnerability, which is brilliant. There's also another one about guilt and shame and also another one which, if you have any kind of imposter syndrome, talks about the critic, which is just brilliant. Of course, all of her books are really good. Uh, If you're feeling like procrastinating, Mel Robbins has a book called The Five Second Rule, which I find really useful. Um... Dr. Russ Harris has written a book called The Happiness Trap. And then lastly, the fabulous Amy Cuddy has written a book called Presence, which I really love. I've actually got The Happiness Trap. I must admit, I haven't read it. My, my, I often buy these books in the hope that just owning them will make me happier. Me too. Uh, <laughs> well, what we, might, we might ask you, Sharon, if you don't mind um, uh, sharing us some links to those uh, resources and we'll add them to the show notes for this episode okay. um, yeah um, I, there's actually a podcast that I listen to I'm just going to find it on my phone bear with me people talk amongst yourselves um, there's a <laughs> podcast that I listen to that's about happiness mm-hmm. of course oh I is that with Gretchen a... yes is that Gretchen? yeah I think it's I think it's called happy yes it's called happy happier with Gretchen Rubin um, so I've listened to that a few times and um uh, I think, you know, uh, one of my happy places is listening to podcasts. I'm a huge fan at the moment of a podcast called Reply All. I just find it hilarious. It might not be anyone's, everyone's cup of tea, but I find it interesting and hilarious and I and I recommend it. And, of course, we've also got um, Sharon's podcast, Mental as Anything, where you can uh, listen to that as, as, as well. So lots of listeners. Oh, Do you have I'll remember? add some listening. Yeah, I would say uh, Headspace. As it's not a podcast. Oh, well, I think they, they do do a podcast, but a Headspace Meditation is yeah, one of yeah. my um, big resources. App? It's an app, yeah. It's it's guided meditation by a guy called Addy, Andy Puddicombe. He's a British guy. And it's just like for people who go, oh, I can't sit and meditate um, because I'm thinking too much. It's He has a starter thing, which is just 10 minutes a day. It's beautifully guided um, so that it's not as intimidating as you think meditation might be. Um, and I found it really instrumental in terms of helping me detox from the day 
of either working or, you know, being family and running around and all the kind of things that we all have to do as freelancers, hardworking copywriters. Um, I found it really instrumental to help me just keep that even keel um, through everything I'm doing. Mm. I'll check that out. I've got an app on my phone called Calm, which is a similar sort of thing. But the thing that I use on it is just the breathing. It just makes you breathe, times your breathing, um, which often calms you right down. Mm. Um, well, we'll share links to all of those in the show notes uh, for this episode. Um, but I think that that's it. We're, we're, we're done our mojo, and I, I feel I feel a bit happier. I hope you too. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hope <laughs> listeners have kind of got some good tips in there because I, I think we we dug deep. We did. Not personal. I had no idea what I was talking about, but I got personal. <laughs> Um, thank you very much, Sharon, for taking the time to come and talk to us today. My absolute pleasure. It was uh, it was great chatting with you. Regular listeners will know that this is a time when we read out a review of the show. And today we're giving a shout out to Gareth Price. Gareth wrote this review. After toying with the idea for several years, I very recently decided to knuckle down and become a professional freelance copywriter. Naturally, I began by scouring the internet for information, devouring the wisdom of Ogilvy, Bly and Halbert and many others before I accidentally stumbled across this podcast. Quite simply, this is where every hopeful freelance copywriter should begin their education. Belinda and Kate provide oodles of helpful information in bite-sized episodes. Along with the mandatory writing tips, they provide sage advice on all aspects of running a freelance business. It is this information that I found utterly invaluable. Unlike many business podcasts, presenters are a delight to listen to. So much so that my uh, friend has developed something of a schoolboy crush on Kate. Toon. <laughs> That's made me smile. Their conversation is light and fun, but as free from waffle as you would expect from two pro copywriters. Since I started listening to the podcast about a month ago, I've reeled in my first playing client, secured their repeat business and started using loads of handy processes that I never would have thought of. I would highly recommend anyone listen to this who's new to copywriting. It's helped me immensely. Thank you very much, Gareth Price. And if anybody's listening and could develop a crush on Belinda, I think she would appreciate it. She's a little bit jealous. And thanks to you for listening. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a rating and review on iTunes and or Stitcher. Your review will help others find us and we'll give you a shout out on the show. You can also head to hotcopypodcast.com and leave your comments on the blog post for this episode. Until next time, happy writing! Thanks for listening right to the end. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy my two other podcasts. I have one called The Recipe for SEO Success, which is all about SEO tips, advice, and helping you grapple the Google beast. And my other, The Confessions of a Misfit Entrepreneur, which is all about dealing with the stresses of running your own business. You can find both of them on iTunes and Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. free to ask me about my boob holding uh should you feel the need to record it well that now sounds totally out of context and weird <laughs> <laughs> holding your boobs <laughs>